This is Diedrich Moon. I'm the author of The Unexpected Journey, Firing Gold, and you're listening to Moments of Grace. Wouldn't you like to start your day upbeat and motivated? Dr. Butler has written a wonderful book. It is called A Moments of Grace. It is a devotional for a busy life. You can get your copy at www.dr. AJRButler.com. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler, and welcome to A Moment of Grace. Um, if you're you're listening to me today and you are in your car, you're in your home, uh, hopefully you are tuning in twice a week to Moments of Grace and you're enjoying what you hear. You, you might be a person that uh, is organized and you may be a person that's not organized. But one thing I do believe, I believe in order. Now, let me stop right there because I've had counsel people with OCD and I've counseled, had people that were on the other end of the spectrum, uh, outliers that were hoarders, <laughs> and I've had people that were, uh, you know, that were organizers. And um, the people that are in the mean, uh, those of us uh, that want to be organized, sometimes we need people to help us with those organizational skills. Um, William Morris says, have nothing in your house that you do not know to be useful or believed to be beautiful. I believe everything that we have within should be used. In fact, in my house, this is the rule. You, you can tell that I'm not, that it's a rule. My wife believes in breaking the rules. I believe that if you haven't used it in two years, it needs to be given away or thrown away. Um, my wife doesn't uh, uh, attest to that, <laughs> to that uh, prescription, but that is what I believe. I believe in organization. And uh, with that said, I, I believe not only in an organized house and organized life, but also in business, we need to be organized. And my guest today is uh, the founder of Total HR, so HR Solutions LLC, and also an author of Silent Overcomers. And uh, she is has been in in HR for over 25 years. And, and I just don't think you could be in HR, could write a book, Silent Overcomers, and have the business that she has and not be a person that helps people and organizations to be organized. So I'd like to welcome to Moments of Grace, Tracy L. Hunt. Welcome, Tracy, to Moments of Grace. Thank you so much. It is really a privilege to be here. Well, it is a pleasure to have you here with us. Would you introduce yourself to the Moments of Grace audience, please? I'm excited uh, you summed it up. I am the founder and CEO of Total HR Solutions. Um, it is a full cycle human resources consulting company, and we're what we would call a B2B business. So we serve as outsourced HR partners uh, to a lot of small to mid-sized companies. We do projects for businesses, larger companies, uh, training, culture revitalization, uh, DE&I. So we do everything across the spectrum of HR. 
Uh, I'm very fortunate to be a silent overcomer, which is why I wrote my book. And so my book is something that is near and dear to me in that it's all of who I am and what has brought me to this point to be able to be the business owner and the leader that I am today. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, well you know, um, Tracy, you, you've written this book. You uh, are a, an entrepreneur, um, but I truly believe all of us have a story and everything has led us to where we are. We didn't just, um, we weren't just born to do what we're, we're doing. Uh, sometimes roads lead us to be uh, the leaders that we are or lead us to where we are. So what was your road? What what helped you to get into HR? And what was your story that, that led you to this fa fantastic journey 25 years ago to be in HR and help companies and people be their best selves? It's, it's really awesome. I say to everyone that I have been very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, a lot of times. So uh, I began my career early on in the accounting space. And okay. um, I was one of those people, and I talk about this in my book about uh, wanting to have a lot of different trades so that I would never have to go back home. So that's really what it was all about. So okay. I had a degree in accounting, uh, degree in vocational education studies with an emphasis on HR training and development. And then I went back and ultimately got my master's in HR. But beginning uh, my career and, and transitioning into HR, when you come from accounting, they naturally stick you in benefits and compensation. Gotcha. So being a highly analytical person, and when you're a numbers person, there's an element of organization that just comes naturally with that. Things need to reconcile, things need to balance, and everything has its place. And so it was just a, a wonderful progression for me throughout my career because when I decided to make that leap into HR, I had come to a place where I said I would much rather be an HR person with an astute business acumen versus being an accountant. Okay. And that proved to be very beneficial to me through the years because I was always able to speak to the balance sheet, that profit and loss statement. Right, right. And quantify human capital strategies. So that was very um, beneficial to me. So I worked my way up through the corporate ladder and then ultimately I had decided I wanted to build some wealth for myself. So I knew to do that, I needed to start my own business. Okay, okay. Well, I, I know when I was, um, I, I'm retired now, thank goodness. Uh, when I was in corporate America um, as, a, as a manager, worked very closely with HR. And one thing that I've, I've saw over the, over the years is the, I guess you would say the evolution that, um, you know, when I first got out of the military, um, diversity was, was a big thing. And so um, diversity was, was a, a piece that was um, being touted about. And then, um, you know, uh, of late, you know, breaking that glass ceiling, uh, um, things being equitable. Um, and I know as far as maybe, no, let me say, let me back up and say, I don't know, but um, are there certain things that organizations bring to you, uh, Tracy, that they want to address that may be in the forefront, maybe driven by culture, maybe driven by things outside of their culture, 
uh, or is it a um, is it everything in the bowl? You know, we're just trying to trying to meet all the HR goals, even if we know them or don't know them. Um, or is it driven by culture? Uh, I hope I'm explaining that correctly because <laughs> because like I said, when I came in, it was a lot of a lot of things dealing with diversity and that hadn't been touted or talked about before. Well, first of all, I'll say uh, having had the opportunity to be the top HR person uh, in a role for Coca-Cola, okay. uh, having the opportunity to be the top HR person and also a nonprofit, a very, very large nonprofit with an HR team of 24, 25 people. Um, it, the different types of organizations, I've been in many industries, whether that was for-profit, not-for-profit, hospital, retail, service industry, manufacturing, which were the things that made me well-suited to ultimately own my own company. But what I'll tell you is, is that I came into HR always as a strategic HR person. Got you. So the evolution of HR, really, you touched on it, came from what was deemed personnel. Hmm. So what I always say is all HR departments aren't created equal. Every organization has a different level of commitment to HR. Diversity is not something that's new, but because of the state of the uh, racial unrest in our right. country, DE&I is again at the forefront. But companies who have always had a focus on driving um, healthy cultures have always had a lens to some degree on making sure they had a workforce and an environment that operated in a fair and equitable manner. Gotcha. So gotcha. this is not something new for some of the forward thinking companies, but there are a lot of companies out there who have not been so forward thinking. Mm -hmm. So we found even through the pandemic where we picked up additional business because people are realizing now, okay, HR really is its own um, profession and the credentialing does matter because I always say this, people think they can um, you can you can have an IT person, you can have an accountant. Everybody thinks they can do HR because HR mm -hmm. done right looks easy. Right. But when they recognize that it really is a body of knowledge and it's not as easy as one thinks, um, most organizations are now recognizing that HR is all encompassing right. because it's about human capital. Right. And there's a full spectrum of disciplines within HR. So some are ready for different parts of it. Some are doing it out of an obligation. Some are doing it because they really want to drive positive culture and drive improved and enhanced engagement. So different companies come into it for different reasons. Got you, got you. And, and you, and, and you, 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 you covered that very well. That it's all encompassing because you not only have to know EEOC, you also have to know OSHA, and and all these other derivatives in order to to operate a, uh, an efficient HR organization, I would imagine. Absolutely, and what's really interesting is, is DE&I is not what diversity was years ago. Years ago, it was more about representation. Right, exactly. And it did dive a little bit in, and, and it was the business case for diversity. That's mm -hmm. what that looked like. Now, it's the humanistic element of it yeah. and making sure that there is equity and inclusion and appreciating differences in a different way. And it's not about it being skin deep. Right. So that's where when you start getting into the essence of diversity, it has everything to do with 
socioeconomic status. It has everything to do, even drill down and go back to my book. There are people who have been traumatized. There's an element of diversity in that. Not everybody comes from the perfect or what would be perceived to be the perfect background. And they're coming with some trauma that we have to recognize, not that it's the organization's responsibility to address everybody's trauma, but we can't expect everybody to look, walk, and talk alike. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, we're going to take a, a, I'm really, really enjoying this conversation, Tracy. I really am. Um, awesome. Because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, 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 you know, even though I'm out of corporate America, I'm still a, I'm still a knowledge geek. I love, <laughs> love knowledge and talking with people that are knowledgeable. <laughs> and uh, so when we come back, I want to talk about um, your book that you've written, Silence Overcomers. And uh, we want to kind of, uh, we're not going to give you guys all of the meat but we're going to kind of give you some of the trimmings. So when we come back, we want to talk a little bit about your book, Silent Overcoming Tracy. I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We're we're talking with uh, Tracy O. Hunt, who has written a book, Silent Overcomer, as well as founder of Total HR Solutions, LLC. And you can, guys, you know, uh, uh, she, you, you can listen to her and, and, and uh, you know that her passion, and I always say passion produces power. Her, her power and her passion are connected to HR. And you cannot be in HR without trying to make sure you can get the best out of people and people can develop to be the best that they can be. So when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about HR, but we're also going to talk with her about her book, Silence Overcomer. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Butler. Stay with us until after the debate. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to learn how to trade in the stock market, maybe for an exchange or even how to buy investment property? Check out this company that is teaching beginners how to become winners in the markets it is tradeacademypro.com again tradeacademypro.com this is sharon quarles i am the author of a bona fide conqueror and you are listening to moments of grace with dr butler Wouldn't you like to start your day upbeat and motivated? Dr. Butler has written a wonderful book. It is called A Moments of Grace. It is a devotional for a busy life. You can get your copy at www.drajrbutler.com. back we're back talking to tracy l hunt who is the owner of total hr solutions llc and author of silent overcomers you know guys the um there's a few realities 
that we must understand. And I think Tracy's book will, will probably help to solidify what I'm about to say. Sometime it's easy to remember your pain and forget your purpose. And uh, part of what Tracy does in HR, and you can hear it in, in, in her passion for what she does, is to help people understand their purpose, also help companies understand that there has to be a work-life balance. Everything can't be work, everything can't be play, and everything can't be pleasure. So I'd like to welcome back to Moments of Grace, Tracy Hunt. Good to be back. It's so good to have you. Now, Tracy, you've written this book, Silent Overcomer. Um, share with us uh, about this book. So if if I get Tracy's book, what, what are my expectations? What am I looking to to get out of your book? The expectations of the book. I wrote the book when I originally started writing the book. I was writing the book out of a place of still being hurt. Okay. And as I continued to write the book, I recognized that, was that personal hurt or was that professional hurt? What, what personal hurt. Personal. Okay, gotcha. And so there's there's a term. Let me put this out there first so that everybody can understand how we approach. My mantra is in our leader development trainings for organizations is you grow the person, you grow the leader, then you grow the organization. Mm. And you can't do them in any other order. Gotcha. So gotcha. personal development lends to professional development. And so what I recognized as I was writing the book was that as I was growing personally and getting healed and becoming more whole, I was becoming a better leader. Okay. Because what happens in most cases is, is we will overcompensate in those areas where we haven't dealt with things. And so then our lens is only going to be tainted based on what our perspectives are. So as I began writing the book and after I went through a leader development training and it was made very obvious to me that my overcompensation really wasn't working, I was a vice president and I remember being in a training that Coca-Cola was paying for and the head of the training came up to me and said, you're a vice president, you're young. I was one of the youngest VPs they had ever hired. Um, he says, you know what, you're, you're, you're successful, but tell me when, and this is the person just observing, hmm. tell me when you're gonna start achieving because it's right for you and because you get joy out of it versus achieving to prove someone else wrong. Wow. That was like a major blow to me. Hmm. I hadn't begun to write the book at that point, but it really made me you know, self-reflect in a way that says, wow. And I say this in my book, that looks aren't as deceiving as we think. And so having everything all put together, thinking that, you know, it wasn't as obvious that, you know, I had come from some stuff. Uh, I began to do a lot more of an inventory of things that I had not dealt with. And so as I began writing the book, that's when I say that, I began writing it out of some hurt because I had to kind of relive it to be able to do that inventory. So anybody who gets the book, I'm encouraging them to recognize that it's important to go back and look at the traumas that you've had in your life and, and, and what has happened in our societal society. A lot of times we've been programmed to believe that if we haven't been raped, we haven't been homeless, right. 
we haven't been a battered wife. Then no trauma, right? Right. right. Our trauma has been marginalized and minimized. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, but trauma is trauma. That's right. It affects everybody differently. And so, I talk about my perpetual trauma, and I have a lot of people contributing. There's a psychologist contributing who wrote my foreword, who speaks to the fact that trauma over a period of time can be even more damaging than episodic trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I experienced trauma and I lay it out at different stages. And after every chapter, I give the reader the opportunity to connect with a trauma that could have occurred at a similar period and age in their life so that they can begin to peel back the layers of that onion. But more importantly, not just to look at it, but to then do something with it that allows them to reframe it to their benefit so that the memory of it doesn't have to be negative. Right. Right. Hmm. But you know, um, Tracy, you, you you hit me. You threw a rock and you hit me. You hit me hard. <laughs> you did. You you threw a rock and you hit me. And that's that's why I have a podcast. I, I want to learn something. I want my audience to learn something. I want something to to change us. All of us need if I can't conversate with you, I believe in the gestalt um theory you know, that we are a derivative of everything that we've come in contact with. So if I can't talk with you and learn from you, um, highly driven because early in school told that I would never succeed. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I like you said, it didn't go through all the others, came from a great home, great parents, the whole gamut. But, uh, you know, didn't even go through some of the racial stuff that people did. I was raised in New York, did not go through that. Um, not a great student not a great student and my teachers made sure I knew that that I would probably be better for uh, working in a factory than academia um, not achieve rather than going on to get my PhD and everything else so driven by those things so you are right you hit me <laughs> so I want to thank you you hit me you, you hit me right where where I live because uh, it, it, it's taken me some time to understand that and to move past that and so that's what your uh, our discussion this evening and your book um, people will probably get out of it. It will look, make you look at some of the things that are motivating you, even though you haven't gone through extreme trauma, you've gone through some kind of trauma. Right. And that's why the subtitle is trauma comes in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And what traumatizes one person may not traumatize another person. However, when we operate from that lens of trauma, it's affecting everything that we do. Right. And so whether that trauma is with a parent, a spouse, in school, and there could be layers of trauma. Correct. Mm-hmm. However, you don't want to, and my, for me, I had to kind of nip at it in stages because otherwise- Kind of like eating an elephant, very- huh? <laughs> It can become very overwhelming. Right, exactly, exactly. Right. So that's why I stop at the end of every chapter and I give an example of how I reframe that particular time in my life. Not that I did it at the time, but now as an adult looking back, Mm. that's the key because for me, the book talks a lot about, number one, how I was born out of rejection. That's number one. When you're born in a bad situation, right. born out of rejection, uh, constantly badgered about how ugly I was, 
you know, being told I was ugly, I was not going to be anything but a whore. Mm. I mean, those were just normal, common things. However, I had that glimmer of hope from a grandmother who named every flower in her yard Pretty Tracy Lynn. So Come on now. She named it what now? Say it again now. (laughs) It was funny. Up until I was about five, I thought my name was Pretty Tracy Lynn. And they had to finally (laughs) tell me, that ain't your name, right? That's awesome, though. But, but it took every one of those memories to get beyond having your mother totally, nice. you know, uh, degrade you. Right. And right. then the physical abuse of, of beatings and the mm-hmm. physical abuse of um, the emotional abuse and the physical abuse both combined. It took every minute and, uh, you know, of reflection on something my grandmother had said to be able to, to pull through. And then some of the experiences that I had had, there were a lot of experiences that I lay out there. I mean, not knowing who my real father was until I was 12 and a half. Mm. Because of your situation, I I thought my father left me only to find out my brother and I had the same father and he was allowed to have a relationship with him, but I wasn't. Uh-huh. So there's so many different stories that I share. And then I go and I walk the reader through how it affected me, how it showed up in my life at that time, and what I did to reframe it and give them the opportunity to say, okay, what was their trauma? And I've had, the beauty has been that I've gotten responses from people from all walks of life, minorities, non-minorities, women, men, young people, older people, because there's people who are in a traumatic situation right now, and I just want them to be able to hold on Mm. and know that they can get through this. That's There's right. a chapter in the book called Time Ain't Long As It Has Been. All right. That's what my grandmother always said to me. Mm. And so every day we get closer to, to getting out of that situation. We get we, we, we have an opportunity to move ourselves more toward triumph. And so your your uh your your book and and what you're sharing. And I would imagine just listening to you, um, because even though our stories are different, your your grandmother played a very significant role in your your positive self-image and, and anything positive that was going on in your life. Yes, absolutely. And and she was that glimmer. And that's what I say to people. If you can find one there you go. positive thing yeah. that you can hang on. I remember being featured, and, and, and I say this, in all humility. My book is not about becoming a vice president. It's not about any certain level of triumph. Mm-hmm. It's about being healed and whole so go. that whatever your next level is, you're not hindered by tri- by by trauma. Because everybody has a different next level. And so the other motivating factor for me was I had to cause a paradigm shift because I talk about this in my book. I desperately didn't want any girl children. I did not want a girl because all I knew was how girls got mistreated because that was my story. And I didn't want to perpetuate that same thing. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about miscarriage. When I tell you, I probably had a whole lot of, while I was in the right place at the right time a lot of times, I had a whole lot of stuff happen to me that people can connect to. Right. So I'll never forget when I miscarried between my son and my daughter, it must have been, I always wanted two boys. It wasn't designed for me to have two boys. It was designed for me 
to cause a paradigm shift in parenting and to know that you can love a little girl. You can love her all the way through the tough times. I've got a 19 year old who's studying um, as a freshman, about to finish her freshman year from George Washington University. And she's phenomenal. She wanted one school, only applied to one school and got into a very selective school. At the time, I think he had a 39% acceptance rate. So wonderful, wonderful. I say all that to say, not to be braggadocious, I say it to say that all I wanted to do was have us have bonds that could not be broken. And to know that you can love a girl through 13 to 16 without totally um, demotivating her and demoralizing her. And she was my motivation to do things differently. I figured I had that thing licked with a boy. I mm -hmm. had all brothers, mm -hmm. boys were easy. Oh my God, he was my favorite little boy. Still, I tell him he was the best son of all times. But that girl, you love them differently. And right. it does challenge, I think, moms. Because I had some significant women that were role models. And it was crazy because they're in the book. There's three women who happen to have three girls each. Okay. And I was like, wow, you can really love on girls and not and, and like them at the end. Because trust me, they aren't so likable during certain periods. But mm. you don't abandon them, which is That's what right. occurred in my case. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, the, um, the, 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 the challenge um, is, you know, you said one thing and, and God said something different. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, that's, the, that's the wonderful thing about this journey is that we can say what we're going to be, what we're not going to be. And this is totally off, offhand. Don't, don't get wrong what I'm about to say. My wife and I really laugh about it. Um, I've never, and this is just me, this is personal. Uh, so audience, you, you guys turn your ears off. It's me and Tracy talking. So I've never been attracted to women with lighter hue. Just never have been. Women with what? Lighter hue. My, my Women that are light skin, I guess you would say. Oh, you don't like light skin girls? No, I have never been attracted to them. Okay. Uh, right. my, my wife is, is, is just that. And I could not love anybody anymore and don't think anybody is more beautiful than she is. So I'm saying this is that we can have the list of what we think we want and god has a list of what we need but can i make you laugh go ahead my sister go ahead this is just us talking i used just to have my husband i was never attracted to light-skinned guys and <laughs> that, is, that is that is laughing <laughs> it's very wait I, and, and what's really funny is i told him he almost didn't pass the test because i said if you're lighter than me you're too light i got you and so you know <laughs> Not having anything against, I probably would go outside my race before I would date a light-skinned black I'm with guy. You. I'm right? with you. See you see what I'm saying? I'm so it was so funny that you say that because he he ended up. My husband has a quarter Philippine in him. Okay. So okay. his mother's half Philippine. So I was like, "Are you kidding me, boy? You almost didn't pass." It. So you you almost didn't didn't, didn't cut the mustard. Yeah. So it, it's it, funny it, you say that, but but to your point, God gave me something different than what I had envisioned. I got you. But it gets back to your book, your, your the things of trauma is and let me and, and let me audience don't think I'm just, you know, just 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 you just hate women that are light skinned. Let me let me step, take a step back. Gets back to what Tracy was talking about with trauma. My my mother is dark skinned, beautiful woman. My grandmother's dark skinned, very beautiful. Um my mother's brother, who was my favorite uncle, 
used to down dark-skinned women so that he turned me off of light-skinned women. And so it had nothing to do with anything personal. It had to do with how could you down somebody that your mother and your sister looks like? Now, listen to where I connect to your story. I probably have a very similar story because my grandmother was very dark and Mm. she was the best thing since sliced bread to me. Amen. My grandfather, on the other hand, was very light. He almost could pass for white. I remember- That's my grandfather too. <laughs> Go ahead, this is great. This yeah, is I would say he's not white either. That's what right, I'm Right, 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 right. But here's where, when you think about it, my grandmother was a functional alcoholic, mm-hmm. but I loved her to pieces. And I, and, I, and I say in the book that I would take the stench of stale alcohol over perfume on top of venom any day. Because wow. her heart that is and deep. her love for me mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. superseded any of that stale Fleshman's gin that I could have smelled the next morning. Mm. But people would ask, why did she drink so much? Probably because my my grandfather's family was full of light-skinned, curly-haired mm-hmm. women, and I don't think all of them treated her very good. Right. So I was on a mission to protect. And so I literally just have never been color struck that way because the person who was nearest and dearest to me was dark. And it wasn't in style, for the lack of a better term, to be dark back then. Exactly, exactly. Tracy, I thank you, my my sister from another mother. I really do, because (laughs) it it is absolutely scary. My grandfather was very light-skinned, gray eyes, the whole gamut. Uh So it is is, scary. But but with that said, because I don't want us to get off track, with that said, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Uh, And we're going to have to have you back because I really enjoy our conversation. Um, Would you tell people how they can get your book? how they can get in contact with you and do you do you do you do speaking engagements as well or oh i absolutely do speaking engagements wonderful right onto my website if you're interested in a speaking engagement at tracylhunt.com that's also where you can order signed copies of the book um otherwise the book is available on amazon i i really encourage you i've had such amazing feedback um, people say they can't put it down. It was designed to be a quick read. So it's on Amazon, just under Silent Overcomer. You can follow me on Facebook at Tracy L. Hunt, T-R-A-C-E-E-L Hunt, H-U-N-T. You can find me on LinkedIn at Tracy Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at, at Tracy underscore Hunt. So again, if all of that means anything, just and you can't remember any of that, just go on to tracylhunt.com and all of those can be accessed from tracylhunt.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Even my business, Total HR Solutions, you can get to that platform as well from tracylhunt.com. Wonderful. And so now if there's a a business out there that um, doesn't have HR, but they, they need some consultation, would that be your company? Oh, absolutely. We have companies from all walks of life. Um, Like I said, we serve, we've got charter schools, we've got medical practices, we've got manufacturing companies, we've got service companies. So when I tell you we have, we, we did very well in that we don't have any clients at this point and God bless them, 
nobody fell to the pandemic. Praise God. Good. So all of our clients made it through with our support and our guidance. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, um, we want to, to thank you so much for being with us. Tracy here on, on Moments of Grace. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. Um, I can I can hear in your voice and and uh, looking at everything that you've done that you're success driven, but also that you care about people. I don't think that uh, and and you're you're um, you're you're um, I don't want to I don't want to sound insulting. I don't know another word to say an oddity, but don't take that insulting. But when you were saying that you came out of the the accounting into HR, uh, usually accountants are, are, are less impressionable, <laughs> you know, ex introverts. Well, everybody kept telling me that. That's why I transitioned because I got was you. personable. Got you, got you, got you. And so that's why I said, I didn't, I don't know another word to say, uh, anaphana or something along those lines. So I didn't want to sound, in, in, but uh, uh, I am so happy that you came out of accounting into into HR because you definitely have so much to, to share with, um, I'm sure you've had uh, tons to share with the people that you've done and also um, people that you're going to come in contact with. So thank you so much for coming on Moments of Grace. Thank you so much for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed our discussion. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, we have been talking with Tracy Hunt and I want to encourage you, uh, this author, this entrepreneur, um, this, uh, this giant, uh, Tracy Hunt, please reach out to her, get her book. If you own a company and your company is looking for, uh, some HR solutions, uh, give her a shot, uh, give her company a shot. And I, I can guarantee you will not go wrong. I can just about guarantee it. Um, and as you were listening to her, maybe something in your life, maybe something that happened, maybe some trauma, maybe some hurt that happened in your life, you might've let it defeat you. And, and you might've sit there and you say, well, I can't go any further. I wanna encourage you that there's two things that, that happen. Either your adversaries and the things in your life will either define you or defeat you. Don't let those things defeat you. Define yourself by not how many times you fall down, but how many times you get up. Remember, if it doesn't challenge you, it definitely won't change you. With that said, I thank you so much for being here with us on Moments of Grace. Reach out to our guest and we'll have all of our information in our show notes. And uh, we'll see you next time on Moments of Grace. Remember, love God, love life. Keep the light on. We'll see you next time on Moments of Grace. <laughs>